Anne, Emma, I've got some news. What? I've got a job. (laughs) No way! I'm going back to work. No, where are you going? It's well, I can't tell you that yet. It's a little no. bit secret. More news to come in a couple of weeks' time, oh. but I just can't wait. I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I'm going back to work. You'll have to change the name of your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have to see what happens with that now, won't we? But that's, I just thought I'd tell you. There you go. Yeah, that's great news. Amazing news. Each week, I'm talking to other job seekers like me to find out how their job search is going, get tips and tricks to improve my own search and generally just have a natter. Along the way, I'll also talk to recruiters and industry experts to find out more about getting a job. I'm Mark Daniels, and this is Desperately Seeking Salary. That was phenomenal. I've known Anne Elliott, Holly Addison, and Emma Causa for quite a long time now, and throughout the pandemic, I've helped facilitate their mentoring organisation moving into a virtual environment. We've tackled things like confidence, imposter syndrome, So this week, for International Women's Day, it's been great to chat with Anne and Emma about Plan B Mentoring Service to help women achieve positions on company boards. It surprises me how many women we have coming on going, I I want to be a mentee. And you go, yeah, but you're an MD. So stick the kettle on or put your earbuds in and head out for a long walk and then sign up to be a mentor or mentee with Plan B. Afternoon, ladies. How are you both doing? Very well, thank you. Good, thank you. Good. So, welcome to the Desperately Seeking Salary podcast. I thought I'd do something a little bit different this week, with it being International Wish- International Women's Day. Can't get that out of my mouth, and I'm right at the start of the uh, of the podcast. International Women's Day uh, on Monday, which is the day I'm going to upload this podcast. We're going to do it a day early and do something a little bit different for the podcast. And that's why I invited you two to come onto the podcast and ha- have a chat with me about Plan B mentoring. Um, and we'll get into that in a second. But just before we get going, if I could just ask both of you to introduce yourself so that my audience know who you are. So, Anne, would you like to go first? Okay, my name is uh, Anne Elliott. I've been in the sector more more years, really, than I uh, care to remember. Uh, I'm a sector strategist, connector, advisor. Um, I run strategy projects for clients, and I'm also non-exec director in three businesses, a tech business, a fast casual business, and a brewery. Brilliant. Wow. What a, what a CV. What a, what a CV there. Emma, welcome hey. to the podcast. Can you introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Emma Causa. I've also spent pretty much my entire life in hospitality, starting out as a doing washing up when I was a kid, 3T um, <laughs> pub companies. I've worked for BT Sports and Sky selling into other hospitality industries. And I've just had a bit of a career pivot and I moved to the Royal Institution of Charter Surveyors and I'm their head of strategic partnerships. Fantastic. Excellent. I, I can never hear the word pivot without thinking of that scene out in Friends where they're, where they're doing the, the bed going up and down the stairs. Have you seen that? <laughs> yeah, I've just been watching Friends actually. <laughs> pivot, pivot. Uh, and there is, a, a, there is a third member of your team who unfortunately hasn't been able to join us this afternoon, but Holly Addison. Uh, Emma, could you just sort of do a virtual intro to Holly so that people know who, who else is involved in Plan B? Yeah, so Holly um, is senior client partner at um, Corn Ferry, um, and she's a very important part of of, of Plan B. It, it's been basically a labour of love between the three of us for the past three years. 
Yeah, fantastic. Well, look, uh, we we've well the the three of us have known each other for quite a few years now, um, which has been and it's been fantastic fun. And over the, the last twelve months, whilst we've been in lockdown, I've obviously been helping you guys with Plan B from the from the virtual sense. But um, it would be really good to just sort of talk me through what Plan B is for the audience, what Plan B is, and how it started. So, Emma, would you like to to sort of kick the ball going? Yeah, I, I think I've always had a, a sense of frustration um, within within hospitality, and I have to talk about that because that's where my most of my career has been. Sure. Um, that it's been a very male dominated. You know, any event you used to go to, it would be lots of men in suits and very few and very few women. Yeah. Um, I set up a, a mentoring scheme on my own, which. I always say I worry that it failed, but it didn't fail because what it did is it led to something it, absolutely it led, brilliant. It led to this. It led to it? Plan B. Yeah. Um, and it it was basically trying to find a way of getting more women on board because you know we make most of the decisions about where you visit in hospitality. Women are usually the driving force behind that, but we are very poorly represented on on boards across the industry i think that's changing now i think it's getting yeah. i think it's getting much better and Anne's actually proved that by being um a, a ned on many of them but we just wanted to change the dynamic and the best way to do that is to to give support and um and mentoring just seems the perfect way to do that fantastic and why do you think it is that that women have been so poorly represented on boards to this to this point i, I think it's it's history and, and certainly when I joined a brewery has been very male orientated and I imagine that it's quite challenging if you're an all male all white all middle class board to introduce different ethnicity diversity inclusion I just think it's probably quite difficult to do um, because you're used to running things in a certain way and diversity is a challenge to that way of running a business so I think many boards have had to consciously think about doing things differently and yeah. they've had to practice unconscious bias and that's not an easy thing to do either. No. So, so how is plan B helping women? Is the goal to get them onto boards or to help them with their career at any point? Emma? Um, I think it's about, I, I think the core of it is confidence. I think it's about, giving support that gives women the confidence that they can do it. And by having a mentor, you have somebody who's achieved that already because most of our mentors are C-suite. They've yeah. been there, they've done it. And just by having that person who's on your side and who is your cheerleader, so to speak, they can, they can help you have the confidence to do it. Um, and that's, that's kind of what we were, we were basically trying to achieve because there was so many people. I mean, when we launched it and we did a launch event, I mean, we were, I love it when that happens. <laughs> we've lost, we've we've lost Emma. So while we're waiting for Emma to come back, Anne, um, do you want to do you want to just pick that baton up a little bit yeah. and and where where that might be going? Well, it was it was prompted. Our first meeting was prompted by the fact that we knew of CEOs and MDs being recruited, where they had asked for a fifty fifty mix of um, um, candidates, 50-50 mix comes in, 
and the men get appointed. Yeah. And it, it just, there is a level of unconscious bias in that. And we were thinking, how could we do something about that? What was the best way of doing it? And as Emma said, she'd already established a, a mentoring program which had worked, which consciously. That was that was Athena mentoring, wasn't it? Yes, and although she says it didn't work, it did, and it, and it was very inventive in its time. So we thought, actually, if that ne isn't necessarily the right way to go, what about doing speed mentoring? And I think it was Emma who suggested speed mentoring. So that's what we did. And because um, obviously mentoring is quite often seen as a time consuming thing, isn't it? And, you know, people have got to commit quite a bit of time and, and long term they, they have to. But what's the concept of of the speed mentoring side? Well, I think it's interesting because whenever I've been part of mentoring schemes before, I was part of the Oxford Brooks scheme for about 10 years. You know, you have a mentor and you work with them for a year and off they go and get a job, which was the objective of the Oxford Brooks scheme. With this, actually, speed mentoring gives um, the mentors uh, probably five or six candidates to see, and it gives the mentees five or six mentors to see. And actually, there's more of a choosing process that goes in within that. So the mentor can decide these are the mentees I'll work best with, and the mentee can do the same. So rather than just being given somebody, you have the chance to talk and chat, and yeah. both parties have a chance to work out which ones they'd work best with. Because I think the hardest part of mentoring and, and the mistakes I made previously was trying to match people was an absolute nightmare. There's no science yeah. behind it. It's like anything. It's, it, it, it's down to chemistry. Yes. And, and I, I only had kind of seven mentors and seven mentees, but it was a bit of a challenge because there were people saying, oh, you know, I've got competitor issues there. So actually by doing speed mentoring, it kind of eliminated all of that. And it got over that first hurdle of all the matching because people just, they know whether they get on or not. They, you know, it's instant. It's, you know, so, there's yeah. a no. reason it's like speed dating. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's why speed dating, I guess, has, has worked in the past. I've never actually done speed dating before anyone asks, but uh, I, guess, I guess that's it. It is. It's not an algorithm making the decision, is it? It's it's yeah. it's chemistry happening. But what do you do if um, if somebody wants the same mentor? Um, We've had, we've had situations like that. We, we have situations where everybody wants the same mentor. So not everybody can get their first choice. So what we try to do is we get everybody's choices and we usually try to give people their first or second choice. Very occasionally it's less than that. But you know, if it doesn't work, we're quite open and say, look, if it hasn't worked out this time, just come to another session with us. Um, and equally, if a mentoring relationship has, um, has run its course, which it, it can do if somebody's helped them to a point where they need somebody else, we ask them back again if they want to come back and they can, you know, come back into the mix and meet a, sure. a new mentor. Yeah, no, and, and that's absolutely brilliant. And the whole thing about Plan B mentoring was originally hospitality sector, wasn't it? Yes. But, but now um, you've branched out into other into other sectors. And, and tell me a little bit about the, the sectors we've branched out into. Well, this has been led mainly by Emma and Holly because I've sticked very faithfully to hospitality because I don't know anything about any of the sectors but <laughs> Emma's led the call into both uh, facilities management and to digital haven't you Emma? Yeah so we, we looked at digital because which is the area of specialism that Holly has in in her role so we also have plan B FM which is run by Jackie Kappa and is Kentish because um, that is also a very male dominated um, environment and with me moving into the built environment we're hoping at some point to create a plan b within the built environment because probably out of 
most sectors you know the construction um and real estate sector is incredibly male dominated and sure um they're very they're very male-led environments so watch this space that's what we're hoping to do there uh, I, th I think that's that's fantastic so um let's talk a little bit about the uh the mentors for a second so obviously we, you you've got your mentees who's who are coming on to be mentored but where do where do your mentors come from em they are as, as emma said they're c-suites from within hospitality um some are retired um, some are non-execs. It's, it's a real mix, but they've got experience of working with people and coaching and mentoring people. So they've all got experience in that sense. And they're male and female. And I think, you know, we've, we've got really got to emphasize this is not anti-male at all, no. because no. it's very important that the mentees have, you know, can have a mix and see a mix when they're doing speed mentoring. And men have got to be very much part of this. It, it yeah. will not work. Our mentoring scheme would not work without men. So we have got lots of mentors. And if anybody wants to join, just go onto the Plan B website and register as a mentor. Yeah, I was going to make that that point as we went on, because whilst the, the, the crux at the moment is is supporting women in, in getting through their career, obviously the, the people who've got the experience, some are women, some are men, but also some of the, the webinars that you've run on certain topics, it's that they're open to everybody to be involved with, aren't they, Emma? Absolutely. I mean, the mentoring is very specifically for women because I think women have a different set of needs to men within their career. Um, you know, women tend to take career breaks um, and then it's being supported back into the workplaces, which is some of the mentoring we do. But the webinars are open to everybody because the, a lot of the, what we've tackled and we've tackled things like confidence, imposter syndrome. Um, yeah. We looked at you having your own personal board. And the last one we did was how to be an ed. And, and all of those are things that apply to men and women. So that's how we can we can make sure that it is still diverse and we're still um, um, supporting uh, the I suppose the male narrative, but um, yeah. the, the mentoring is very specific to women. No, and I, I think that's spot on. But also, um, you've you've got some success stories in in the mentees. You've you've you're you've just had a, a mentee become a mentor, haven't you? Yeah, we've got a few like that actually. We've had um, a few people that are, I'm not going to name specifically. No, no sure. <laughs> <laughs> But they've been promoted onto onto boards. I mean, actually, a couple of them are, are, are on our website, and, and they've been very clear that having the support of that mentor behind them has made a massive difference. Um, and they're all going to come back and, and be mentors for us um, in the future because I think it's really important that they they carry on that journey because they've experienced it, lived it, yeah. um, and you know they'll they'll go forward and hopefully um, carry on with that role. No, I think that, I think that's superb. Um, the the other thing that obviously when the pandemic struck, your whole basis was that speed mentoring would happen in face to face environments. That's lots of things uh, did, wasn't it? And and there must have been a, a moment where um, uh, when when the pandemic happened, it's like, what are we going to do going forward? So how did the idea of of taking it online come about? And well, I think as usual, Emma has all the creative ideas. She's <laughs> amazing. But, you know, she's just amazing at saying, well, we can't do it this way. What about this way? And so I think all of our good ideas have tended to come from, from Emma in, in, uh, 
in my experience. So I think it was probably Emma who said, why don't we do this online? We'll get five mentors, six mentors and six mentees and they'll all see one another. Sure. Whereas in a room with 14, you know, mentees and maybe 12 mentors, not everybody's going to see one another, they even got the time. So that's, she made it work that way. I think just to go back on to, to Emma's point about mentees becoming mentors, it surprises me how many women we have coming on going, I, I want to be a mentee. And you go, yeah, but you're an MD or you're, <laughs> yeah. you're an MD. Yeah. <laughs> and why? And they go, well, you know, I'm, I'm not perhaps not doing as well as I think, or I could do with some help or whatever. And that, that sort of confidence level is really surprising, but it, but is, it happens. Is, is that sort of part of the whole imposter syndrome sort of a, approach to things? I think women are incredibly self-deprecating. And I think we don't, we don't shout about our achievements enough. Yeah. And I think we, we, we don't have an awful lot of confidence. I mean, even people we've, yeah, that we've approached as mentors and they've kind of gone, what, really, me? You want me as a mentor? Yeah. <laughs> you know, they're, they're, they're genuinely quite surprised. Um, yeah. And I think, you know, that, that maybe is a bit of a difference between men and women. They always say that when, you know, men and women apply for jobs, women will look at a job description and go, I can't do, I can't do most of that. Whereas a bloke will go, oh, yeah, I can't do most of that, but I can do that. So I'll have, a, I'll have a crack and I'll have a go. I'll, I'll say I can do it. <laughs> yeah, and I think, yeah. And I think that's the difference. And I think I think women are just generally more deprecating about their their abilities and, and their confidence. What I thought was really interesting in in the uh, Ned webinar we had, we had one of one of the Neds. We were talking about imposter syndrome, and she said, "I've never doubted myself. I've always believed in myself." That was amazing, wasn't it? Yeah. I mean, that was phenomenal. And you go, if all women could do that, just have I mean, not all men do that, to be quite honest, but, you know, if all women could go, do you know, I really believe in myself. They have that self-belief. It can, it could power so many women so much further instead yeah. of having that, that doubt. And it, that, it was a great moment, wasn't it, when she said, you know, I've, I've never, never thought to myself. And not in an arrogant way. No, no, no. It, <laughs> I, I, I was listening at the time. It certainly wasn't arrogant. It was just self-belief, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. And, and that confidence and that self-belief just, you know, she's she's done amazingly well in her career. And, you know, if, if only somehow you could transfer that. So if there was something like, a, you know, just a training course or a mentor or something. If you could, if you could bottle it. Believe. If you could bottle yeah. it, it'd be great if you could do that. It'd be That's brilliant. what you need. Yeah. So from a, from a mentee's perspective, so we've talked about sort of getting on and, and going through the speed dating and then you match them up what what happens once they're matched how how does that then progress for the mentee so an integral part of what we do which is probably one of the mistakes that are made in the previous mentoring is that we give the mentee ownership of the relationship it's we create the opportunity for them we 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 get them to meet somebody amazing and then we say to them right it's up to you now to make this happen you've got to own it you've got to you've got to get the meeting booked in because these people are busy i mean we're all busy yeah yeah but you know c-suite people they're gen generally their diaries are really busy so it's up to the mentee to make stuff happen and actually i think that's just a good mindset for them to get into because they, they that's own, the they mindset you need yeah that's the yeah. mindset you need to in order to achieve um and i think you've got to take you have to take responsibility for your career as well i don't think anybody is going to kind of um give it to you on a plate so 
we basically say it's up to you we we give a rough idea that it's about six months but we know that there's people who've been mentoring since the very beginning which is two to three years now um and and it's still ongoing um and they've still got a kind of a, a friendship even yeah so i think it's it's something that um it, it's it's ongoing, but they still are always very welcome to come back if they want to have a, another session to find another mentor. I think that's great. Uh, Anne, what, what's the future of Plan B? Where, where, where's it going to go? And don't pass that back to Emma. You, you... <laughs> <laughs> Emma, what do you think? Um... <laughs> so, you know, where, 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 where do we see Plan B growing and going? Well, for me, it, it has got a real purpose in hospitality. As I said, that, that's the sector I'm in, the sector I love. Um, and I think there's a huge, still a huge need for it. And it may be that we consider, you know, at the moment it's focused on boards. Is there a point when we think about women further down the management um, ladder? How do we get them up yeah. you know, to become managers, to become senior managers, to become directors and so on and so forth? So that may be one way of doing it. You know, will we ever think about doing men don't know but you know i think it's a valid question to ask ourselves and then i think there are other sectors that um we could drive in in the, in the way that uh, emma's helped us go into fm and to digital so i think there are many ways it can go to be honest and yeah. this year has been a bit of a holding one i think at some point in the next six months we need to sit down and go did this has been successful where do we want to go now where do we want to take it now yeah i think i think also we need to look at if we if we need to get support or sponsorship in the future because as it's growing it, it's getting bigger and there's more to do so that's that's something that we may need to look at in the future as well because what's important is that it does keep going but you know Anne, holly and i have a limited amount of time to be able sure. to, to do stuff so um it's something that's on the radar and also we've got to to navigate how we go back out into the real world again because while it was fantastic doing all the sessions face to face i think there is a place because what we've learned is that everybody was very London focused before we always did our sessions in London but we've had people from West Wales come to come to sessions so um we need to navigate that as well and how we implement the, the, was, the new world going forward so I was going and I was going to ask that because the 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 with the with the pandemic obviously the virtual plan b speed mentoring sessions has allowed people to come online from anywhere in the country which is which has yeah. opened it up to a much wider audience which is fabulous but when the pandemic's over when we're all allowed out to play again how do you see that going forward emma do you do you see us staying online with the virtual sessions a mix of it uh, or, or all back in the room uh, for a good old beer i think it, i think i think it'll be a mix of both actually because we always wanted to do we were we were looking at doing Birmingham and, and Manchester sessions, weren't we? Anne? But it was just it's just the physical logistics of doing that when we are based where we are. Um, and I think we could do. I, I see a combination of doing physical, you know, speed speed mentoring, and then also still doing some of it online as well. Because what I don't want to do is preclude people just because they live in the north in Wales yeah. or Ireland or, or Scotland, I, I want to be able to make sure that we are as inclusive as possible. Um, well, on, the, other... on the on the FM sessions as well, you've had you've had people from overseas, from Africa and America and, and, and stuff on the yeah. sessions as well, haven't you? I mean, we, I mean, you know, one of the sessions the other day, one of the hospitality sessions, we had somebody from the Netherlands on. Um, we've had Africa, 
um, Italy, America. I mean, and it just it just it just widens it massively. It, yeah. it just goes to show that the need is required. It's not just it's not something really that's just UK centric. And it's and it's just growing, isn't it? People are much more interested. So how i think this has been a fabulous chat by the way ladies and i think being able to sort of share this message to a wider audience and just grow plan b is is brilliant i think it's exciting for all of you um how do people get in touch with you how, how what's their first step if they've not thought about it you know they what what do they do next i think they should we... look on the website there's a plan b website which is which has um got our recordings on it's not at the mentee mentoring sessions but it's <laughs> our uh, our recordings <laughs> so you know whether you want to be a mentor or a mentee is register yeah. uh, then we'll get in touch with you and move forward and you know as you said the future i think i agree with emma but when we have 15 people in a room it's three times more time effective than doing them online so i agree to be a balance but yeah, yeah just go online planbmentoring.com i'll yes. put the links into the bottom of the podcast as well so anybody listening will be able to find them afterwards great so I think that's been a, a super chat, ladies. Thank you very much for that. And just from a hospitality spec sector, we, we're sort of getting to the reopening. How do you think that's going to happen? What do you think is going to happen for the hospitality sector as we as we get back into playtime? I think it'll be stormy, actually. Yeah. I, um, I just had a conversation with the CEO of a multi-site operations business, and he was saying on the April the 12th, I think, which is the day we open, um, he is absolutely fully booked on that monday and just fully booked all the way through and that's outside that's so, outside yeah i, I saw i saw something on uh, facebook a local pub to me that they're, they're 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 actually selling tables not selling them as such but you've got to reserve the tables and they're they're absolutely rammed yeah did you so, did you so, listen to did you listen to radio five live yesterday morning they had no a, a, a pub on that they've opened up their booking system, their emails, and they basically said, I'm really sorry, we will get back to you, but we've had 600 inquiries from <laughs> our tables. And we, we, we will, we're just gonna have to work our way through all of them. So I think everybody's desperate to go out. I know I am, I know, I know Annie's, and I just, I cannot wait to see my I think friends I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna have to go you have to go and have a chat with my local landlady because uh, my birthday is on April the 17th, which is a Saturday, and I do intend to be in her beer garden on that day. Oh, <laughs> you need to book it then. <laughs> yeah. So I think, it'd be, I think it'd be storming. And everybody I know who can open is going to open just yeah. to get into the swing of things. And then they can't wait for May. So, no, yeah. May inside dining, and then inside and then dining. out into uh, once we get past June, and, and yeah. we can all hug each other again. That'll be uh, that'll be fantastic. Let, let's let's hope that we have another year of of good weather in spring and yeah. summer, and those beer gardens can be absolutely packed. Yeah. And Emma, thank you so much for for joining me on the podcast this week. Thank you to Holly as well for all of her work with Plan B. Unfortunately, not able to join us this afternoon, but uh, you you ladies are doing a brilliant job and i look forward to supporting you more on on upcoming events that'd be great thank you thank you Cheers, ladies bye-bye bye, -bye. bye.